Hi, I'm Linda Eads, and I'm here today with Nancy Hossack, uh, who's a portfolio manager for the Ford Equity Fund. And we're talking about SA politics today and how that actually factors into our investment decision making. So, Nancy, looking at the recent local by elections, uh, we saw the ANC coming under quite significant pressure. Uh, does that change what we think uh, with regards to the 2024 national elections? Yeah, I think. Um... You know, the by-election data is, is really rich, kind of real-time data for us, Linda. So we, we monitor it quite continuously. And what we tend to do is look at what's happening in, in recent local by-elections and then comparing that to the municipal results that we had in the 2021 elections. So I do want to caution that we've only had about 25 by-elections since November 2021. So it's a relatively limited sample size at this point. But it is really interesting. And what we do is we, we, we take that data we look at what it tells us about kind of provincial shifts in party support. And then we actually build that up to a national level where we do make some adjustments because there are some differentials in the voting pattern between kind of local government elections and, and national elections. And with that, we start to get quite an accurate picture of what we think kind of national election data is telling us. So in other words, if we had to have an election tomorrow, we're getting a reasonably accurate picture of where support levels might lie. So that begs the question, how do we see the national elections playing out at this point in time? Yeah, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my disclaimer again, which is that we're still dealing with very limited information. So as we get more sort of closer and closer to 2024, that election date is going to get more and more rich. But looking at what we've seen so far, and we've seen quite dramatic shifts in the, in the by-elections that we've held recently, we're starting to draw a picture that is quite concerning for the ANC. So at the moment, our modeling is kind of showing that the ANC is around 45% at the national support level. Um, we're seeing, interestingly, the EFF becoming the second biggest opposition party in our models at about 19%. The DA is sitting at about 14%. And then... Interestingly, we've got these other parties, you know, we kind of put the rest into an other party, but they, you know, sort of block. And actually those other parties, the smaller parties in South Africa are taking quite a lot of share. They're sitting at 23%. Within that, the biggest movers are Action SA. They are doing very, very well um, in Gauteng. And the IFP is actually seeing quite strong resurgence in KZN. So interestingly, the ANC's own polling actually puts their support quite a similar level to our models. So that gives us, you know, we've still got quite a lot of time left to run until 2024. So I think it's fair to say that there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. And as you say, Nancy, we're going to be keeping a close eye on those developments. Um, but it does look that the ANC will in all likelihood not get the majority. So what is the implication of likely coalition partners post-2024? Yeah, I think we've, we've had quite a lot of precedence for this, Linda, because we've had kind of coalition governments really coming into effect in, uh, from 2016, the local government elections that we had then, and again, more of these coalition governments in 2021. And so we've got a sense of how the individual players are kind of treating these coalitions. I mean, to date in South Africa, we've had very few formal coalition agreements. So what I mean by that is very detailed coalition agreements between parties that kind of describe how you're going to run a municipality. What we have had is we've had 
some coalition agreements that kind of agree on the values of the individual political parties and prioritize those values in terms of service delivery or whatever it might be. But those haven't really necessarily held together that well um, under the pressure of what it is really like running these municipalities. So, you know, the problem in South Africa is that the two biggest opposition parties, the DA and the EFF, have very, very different ideologies. And so actually trying to get them on the same page is, is really quite tricky. So I think from a national perspective, if we go into kind of a minority government situation where there's, very, where there's no real formal coalitions, I do think that that means that we're in for a lot more of a kind of unstable time, a time where it is much more difficult to get legislation passed. That's not necessarily a bad thing. So the one game changer would be if the ANC can attract another opposition party to hand them a majority. At this case, I think that's quite a low likelihood. I think there would be would have to be a relatively substantial political party that would do that. And to a certain extent, you're kind of playing with political suicide if, if that is the case, because you risk alienating your own voters. So that's a relatively low likelihood at this stage. I do think that we're headed for a minority government structure. And Nancy, if there is no clear majority in parliament, who will the president be and how does that sort of work? Yeah, that's, that's, that's another thing that we've, we haven't really had to deal with before, right? So, so what happens? Um, how, does, how does that person get elected? And the way the constitution spells it out is, is essentially all of the political parties have the opportunity to nominate a candidate. And what happens is it goes through rounds. And so one by one, the person with the least votes is removed. So... In the circumstance that I kind of outlined in terms of where our models are currently sitting, that would mean that most likely the ANC would put forward the presidential candidate and get their own candidate elected because they still have the, the, the highest number of votes in the country. The only way that opposition parties could really stop that is if they could all get together to decide on an alternative candidate. And again, with very polar opposite kind of ideologies and opposition parties themselves, I think that's going to be very difficult. So, you know, as our base case at the moment, the most likely candidate for president at this stage is probably an ANC candidate. And so, I mean, discussing all of this is well and good, but at the end of the day, we need to make investment decisions on behalf of our investors. Um, we're not political analysts per se. We think about this uh, in terms of Sort of how we actually structure portfolios. So what does all of this mean in terms of sort of how you go about making investment decisions in the fund at the end of the day? Yeah, so I think, I mean, it, 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 it affects South Africa in many, many different ways. And it's, and it's difficult to kind of really isolate that down. But I think, you know, the good thing about this type of structure is it's, it's really hard to get bad things done. And the bad thing is it's really hard to get good things done. And so you do, to a certain extent, get a, a sort of stasis that comes into kind of the political framework in the country in the short term, or short to medium term, if I could put it that way. I mean, the one thing that is a positive for us is what keeps us up at night as investment managers is, that, is black swan events. So politicians making very stupid catastrophic mistakes in an economy. Um, and, you know, to me, this type of kind of check and balance where no one party is the majority starts to reduce the kind of chances of us having a very big black swan event in South Africa. And Nancy, of course, the RAND, I mean, to what extent does all of this play into um, the value of the RAND and how do we see that sort of playing out from this point? Yeah, that's, uh, that's also like a really a multidimensional question. I mean, it, 
certainly um, affects the attractiveness of South Africa as an investment destination. It um, can affect our productivity as a nation, so kind of our exports and our current account. Probably the, the biggest factor and the one that I would, would spend the most time thinking about is, you know, how does it influence the independence of the central bank and its effect on inflation? And I think, you know, if you look at how does our RAND trade over time, that would be the biggest driver. So we're talking about the inflation differential between South Africa and the inflation differential between some of the other currencies in which we trade. And the lower, the lower that inflation differential is, you know, the stronger the RAND is over the medium to long term. So, um, you know, as long as the, the independence of the central bank is not threatened and, and we're a relatively attractive investment destination, um, that, that could be like a more positive outlook for the RAND, if I could put it that way. Very interesting. Thank you, Nancy. And uh, as we've said, this is an unfolding situation. So I look forward to chatting more about this with you in future. And thank you to everyone who's joined us.